David Ewan, and I head up the Bravehearted Ministry at the Resurrection Center with Pastors Jose Melli and Pastor Jose Martinez. Um, I'm happy to see all of you. Um, tonight's topic is fight the good fight. I'm going to pause a moment and give you a little bit of an introduction. Earlier, when you saw me speak about first fruits, we talked about the theology of first fruits and then the divinity of first fruits. The reason why we did that was to distinguish the understanding of theology and then also of divinity. Now we're going to talk about what we typically do here on a Wednesday night is sort of a Bible study. We call it Bible sessions because we do other things as well. And Bible sessions are more of the people, places, uh, principles, and values, and we learn about these things that are specific to Scripture. But my primary focus tonight is to talk about 2 Timothy chapter 4. So to talk about that Bible, to, uh, to talk about that portion of the Bible, I should say, I must talk about where it's in. And that is called the Pastoral Epistles. I will describe three books in the Pastoral Epistles. Why am I doing that? First of all, if I'm going to talk about 2 Timothy, I need to tell you where in the Bible is it and how it relates to this collection of books called the Pastoral Epistles. Interestingly enough, it's very small. It's only three books. And we've been talking about two of them over the past several weeks. Uh, one of the other books that are in the Pastoral Epistle is, of course, 1 of Timothy. We have 1 of Timothy and 2 of Timothy. And I'll provide a snippet of both of those books. So even tonight, our focus is on 2 of Timothy chapter 4. I'll be giving a summary of 1 and 2 of Timothy so that we can be reminded. It's been a while since we talked about it because we've had a few different Bible sessions such as First Fruits, Prayer Night, and, and other activities. Okay, the third book in the Pastoral Epistles is the book of Titus. That's not my focus of attention, but I want to talk about uh, the, the book of Titus where I'll give just a brief summary. It won't take all that long. Um, after all that is done, then I can focus on 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'll conclude my conversation with you today with my thoughts about Apostle Paul. So what I'm going to do is sort of back up and take a telescope. We're going to look at the Bible. So zoomed in. See, here we are, zoomed in. We're going to be looking at, from a distance, we're going to be looking at the Bible. And as I get closer, I'll look at the, uh, the difference between theology and divinity. Well, we talked about that already. Then I'll talk about the pastoral epistles. And then after I talk about the three, I'll talk about the difference between... 1st of Timothy and 2nd of Timothy, and then I'll get a little bit closer and we'll talk about 2nd of Timothy chapter 4. But because we're talking about the pastoral epistles, that's why we'll also talk about the Apostle Paul so that we have a better understanding of who wrote these epistles. Okay, so my agenda for tonight, and for those that are here at 1060 Worcester Street um, in the Indian Orchard section of Springfield, you have been given an agenda. You have also been given a QR code at the bottom where you can scan it and get uh, the iTunes version of tonight's uh, presentation. For those that are watching, um, you obviously have a copy of this particular video at Res Spring uh, on when you subscribe to uh, YouTube. And you can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TRC413. My agenda tonight is first to talk about, sort of a reminder, we've been stepping away for it a while, is the difference between theology and divinity. 
There's a reason I'm doing that because it relates to my focus tonight to talk about 2 Timothy chapter 4. Then we'll talk about the nature of Bible study, which is the people, places, and the messages. First and second of Timothy and also Titus. I'll do a short snippet of Titus just to get it all the way. That way you have it all together, okay? And then we'll talk about the difference between first and second of Timothy. But we'll focus, because that's what our attention is on tonight is the second of Timothy chapter four. And that will complete our study that we have been doing over the past few months of first and second of Timothy. We'll talk about the importance of sound doctrine because it relates to the style of writing that the apostle Paul wrote in second of Timothy. And we'll do a reflection of who apostle Paul was. So recently we've been talking about theology and divinity. That's when we were talking about first fruits. Uh, theology is the academic understanding of the Bible and the associated history. I've been doing a lot of work with theology lately, and um, I had a, a coffee with the uh, apostle the other day, and I was telling him the thing that I learned at Harvard University studying theology is I know nothing. That's what I learned. <laughs> I should continue that study, Pastor, don't you think? <laughs> so divinity, which is actually more important, is the spiritual and ceremonial understanding of the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Okay? We use the study of first fruits to learn about the difference between theology and divinity, but there's a connection, so I'm glad I did do that study. Next, we will do something more similar to what was done in a series called Bible 101. We had that here at the Resurrection Center. It's available online. Um, it's related to the people in the Bible, the geography, the messages given. You'll get a flavor of that tonight. I'll be doing that tonight. Um, and then we'll talk about the messages uh, that are learned. That, so one of the ways you can take a look at our Bible 101 series that exists is you can go to thekradio.com. I gave that for those that are here. You'll see that at the top of your paper. You'll select Basic Bible 101, and it's six hours of Bible summary. It's the entire Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, all recorded. Um, and it's also on Resurrection Center Radio. With Bible study, you learn about messages, teaching people, places, as I mentioned before. And that's the foundation, just the foundation of theology needed to understand the divinity that churches practice. Notice there's a connection. Okay, so let's now jump into what a pa pastoral epistles are. Today we use pastoral epistles to understand how divinity was taught and recorded in theology. Because what epistles are are letters, letters written by the Apostle Paul. And he is recording what happened in the past. We combine the understanding of theology and divinity to understand what was intended. The pastoral epistles are a group of three books. The, the, the epistles that are called pastoral epistles, not all the epistles, I'm just talking about pastoral epistles, of three books in the New Testament. The first epistle of Timothy, the second epistle of, uh, of Timothy, and the epistle to Titus. We'll talk about that. They are presented as letters from Paul. That's what epistles are, letters from Paul. The apostle to Timothy and to Titus. The purpose of the letters was to instruct, give advice, to correct misunderstandings, provide warnings, and to offer direction. We can learn from them today. Now, I was talking about what an epistle is. It's a letter. And you, you told me that the, the, the topic of today's session is 
to fight the good fight. So I was thinking, I, I just thought I'd just slide this in. An epistle. Can you imagine Pastor Jose writes an epistle to his dog? If you see a bigger dog, fight the good fight. That's not how it is. Pass, a delayed reaction. Am I going too fast for you? <laughs> Pastor Epistles, let's talk, give a bird's eye view of today's lesson. The Pastoral Epistles are a group of three books in the New Testament. I told you about that. The first epistle of Timothy, the second epistle of Timothy, and the epistle to Titus. They are presented as letters from the Apostle Paul to Timothy and to Titus. Two went to Timothy, of course. That's why we have first and second of Timothy, and the other one, Titus. They are called pastoral epistles due to their focus on matters of church leadership and church life. Now, let's, here's a small snippet of first of Timothy. I'm doing that right now because we haven't done that in a while, so I just want to give a sort of a refresh of first of Timothy. First of Timothy was written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy, who was in Ephesus at the time. It is the longest of the epistoral epistles, featuring about six, not about, exactly, six chapters. Uh, it talked about praying for governing leaders, qualifications for elders and deacons, warnings about those who would leave the faith, instructions about various groups within the church, including widows, and uh, finally, instructions about false teachers. Remember, we had that big discussion about false teachers now, let's talk about a, just a small little snippet I'll give you of 2nd of Timothy. 2nd of Timothy shares Paul's deep personal friendship with Timothy because time has passed, you see. Um, and it's the views of end of life because this is shortly before the passing of the Apostle Paul. He wrote about not being ashamed of Christ, and we see that in 2nd of Timothy chapter 1. He discussed being a good soldier of Christ, a warrior, a good soldier of Christ who is approved by God. That's in 2nd of Timothy chapter 2. And he warned of godliness in the last, godlessness, I should say, godlessness uh, in the last days. Things like apostasy and heresy. Uh, the importance of scripture, uh, which is 2nd of Timothy chapter 3. And today what our focus is, the challenge Timothy is to preach God's truth. That's 2nd of Timothy chapter 4. See, this is the passing of the, baha, ba, uh, the, the baton, I should say. So now here's a small snippet of Titus. I'm just doing that just to get it out of the way, okay, because we're talking about the pastoral epistles. Basically, it's four things. Titus was an associate of the Apostle Paul who served as a leader of the church in Crete. It talks about the qualifications of elders, teachings, and sound doctrine. Say sound doctrine. There, there, that's the third time I've said that today. There it is. Living our faith in Christ in serving others. Did you hear me say serving others? See, it is a mission of service. The letters to Timothy and Titus combine the historic gospel of Christ to the practical missions of the church in Ephesus and Crete. So I always like to look at a map, okay? So Ephesus is located near the western shores of modern-day Turkey. It's about 80 kilometers south of Izmir, Turkey. That's about 50 kilometers. So Timothy was in Ephesus. That's where that is. Where was Crete? Crete is an island. It's a Greek island in the Mediterranean Sea. It's south of Greece and just north of that border of between Libya and Egypt. So you look at that border of Libya and Egypt and just north and right in the middle there, you'll see uh, Crete, um, just south of, of Greece. So here's the story of Titus. Again, just 
to wrap it up. Titus's task was more administrative. Mostly he was to maintain sound doctrine, just to keep things in order, straighten out what was left unfinished, and appoint elders in every town. And that's in Titus chapter 1, verse 5. So after Paul's, after the Apostle Paul's release from house arrest in Rome in about 62 AD, Titus traveled with Paul to Crete where Paul left him in charge of the new church. So that's Titus, okay? Now let's put our attention to 1st and 2nd of Timothy. See, I'm getting closer. I got the microphone. I'm getting closer to 2nd of Timothy chapter 4. So now we've talked about 1st and 2nd of Timothy. Now what I'm going to do is tell you about the difference. Now, we, we, you might remember that uh, I had made mention on a couple of prayer nights that I stood up and sort of gave a quick summary. I'm going to share that again now. 1st of Timothy, in general, sort of a bird's eye view, it talks about character and integrity. Let's say that. So it's character and integrity. So two different things. So what is character? Character is the behavior and actions. What is integrity? Integrity is the trustworthiness and your words, things that come out of your mouth. Okay? So second of Timothy, what's second of Timothy? It's the combination. It's the combination of character and integrity. So let me tell you about character plus trustworthiness. Character plus trustworthiness is behavior that proves trustworthiness. It also is words that prove integrity, the words out of your mouth. It's a lifestyle, lifestyle with a choice behavior and choice words. Did you hear me say the word choice? So you have the option to make a choice. So there's choice behaviors that you're instructed to follow and choice words things that come out of your mouth. Why do we talk about the things that come out of your mouth? Because it's what's in your heart. Okay? So that's, that's, the, that's what 2 Timothy is about. So if you look at that, you notice that 2 Timothy is more mature, more developed than 1 Timothy. Because time had passed, quite a bit of time had passed between the Apostle Paul writing 1 Timothy and then writing 2 Timothy. Okay? So in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I should say, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy to preach the word of God and to be prepared to do so in every season. He's beginning to pass that baton. And, this, and when we say in every season, that means good or bad. So Timothy is instructed to rebuke, to correct, encourage those he taught with careful instruction and great patience. Great patience. Sounds like our pastors, doesn't it? Now, the Apostle, the Apostle Paul warned Timothy there would be a time when the people will not listen to sound doctrine. Kind of sounds like the churches in America. Did I say that out loud? People with itching ears. Let's talk about what I'm talking about when I said that. Let's talk about people with itching ears. What do I mean? You, you hear people say that, people with itching ears. Itching ears refers to if I hear what I like, I want to hear more. Even if it's not good for me, but I like the, sort of the taste of that in my ears. I want that. Even if it's in the wrong direction, I, I want that. But if it's something of rebuking or of correction, that doesn't itch my ear. I sort of ignore that. Okay, so that's what my conversation is about. So in place of sound doctrine, the Apostle Paul said people would turn to their own desires 
their own desires. That means selfishness. And they will listen to teachers. They say what they want to hear. It also pertains to wanting to hear from other ministers in other places. Because when you follow down a little bit, that you, I know you're going to get to that verse, that's what it's going to say. So when it's the, the, the itchiness of the hear, is you will disregard what you've been taught at home, at your home church, because you're more eager to hear what others have to say. So we have to be careful of that. Thank you. And I don't know if the green microphone was active on camera, but I'll just share that what, what can happen is you'll get church hoppers because people will go to this church. Oh, I'm not interested in that. I'll go to that. Oh, I'm not. Oh, they're, they, they have a nice lights and, and sound and parties, so I'll listen to that. Um, so the people are going to turn away and not listen to the truth. People don't like the truth. They will turn away from the God's truth and towards myths, things that are not real. What are myths? I'll say it. It's heresy. I'll get right to it. See, Paul reminded Timothy to keep his head during these kinds of situations, withstand hardship, continue his work as an evangelist. Give the word, as an evangelist. And fully discharge his duties in his ministry. So... Uh, now, in this closing that the Apostle had in Second uh, of Timothy chapter 4, the Apostle Paul's impending departure. We're, that's what we're going to talk about, his final days. The Apostle Paul said his departure was near. So he was giving uh, Timothy a heads up. And that he had fought the important good fight. He said it past tense. He went on to say he had finished the race and had kept the faith. He believed there was a righteous crown awaiting him so he was excited but also to those who have kept the faith because he wanted those that he taught including Timothy and who Timothy taught to follow along as well some couple of other names that came up some personal remarks in Philemon Demos Demos is mentioned as a fellow worker in Colossians he is mentioned along with Luke in second of Timothy chapter 4 the apostle Paul asked Timothy to come to him quickly because Demos had deserted him and gone to Thessalonica. It's the coast uh, that's far northeast of Greece. So in about 168 BC, it became the capital of the second district of Macedonia. That's where that is. So this was related to betrayal. That's what the Apostle Paul was finally, you know, in, in, in the second book, in, in second of Timothy, he was able to talk more about betrayal. And the reason why he was able to talk about betrayal is because this is more of a mature letter than what was written in 1st of Timothy. Because by then, Timothy had the experience. See, the Apostle Paul could talk to Timothy about betrayal because by then, Timothy had experienced it himself. He also said, Christians went to Galatians There's for more service of the church, some other names that were mentioned, and also to Titus. We talked about Titus, to Damasia. Uh, Titus had traveled uh, for the service related to the church. Now, Paul said that only Luke remained with him. And this is all in 2nd of Timothy chapter 4. He wanted Timothy to bring Mark 2. So he was really organizing people. The Apostle Paul had directed uh, uh, Tychicus to go to Ephesus for the purpose of building up and encouraging the church there. 
uh, the Apostle Paul told Timothy to bring his cloak and his scrolls, particularly in the parchments, that's to finalize some activity. He warned Timothy about the metal worker in some versions. It's also called the copper worker. That metal worker or copper worker was Alexander, who had done harm that was related to betrayal and heresy. The Apostle Paul says that God will repay Alexander for what he did. He told Timothy to be on guard around him because this man strongly opposed their message. Now, let's break down the harm that was done to the Apostle Paul. There is evidence that Demas was with the Apostle Paul during Paul's second imprisonment in Rome, at least for a while. Then something happened. Demas went against the Apostle Paul, abandoned the ministry, and left town. We hear about these kinds of things. The Apostle Paul wrote about this sad situation. He said, Demas, because he loved this world, he deserted me. And that's what happens. We see that even today. People love this world, this carnal world, and they desert God. Um, so it says, Demas, because he loved this world, he had deserted me, and has gone to Thessalonica. So the separation caused by Demas, this desertation, this separation of, from Apostle Paul was not merely spatial in terms of distance, but it was spiritual. So it was a case where he was lost. Demas left Rome because he fell in love with the world. In other words, Demas chose the corrupt value system of the unsaved world. Sounds like today. And... Um, and Demas loves the things of this life. And that's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. The Apostle Paul refers to the name Crescens. He was a believer who served the Apostle Paul at some point during the Apostle Paul's second Roman imprisonment and had later, later I should say, gone to Galatia. Galatia was a region in Turkey near its capital, Ankara. Not Istanbul. Istanbul is where the action is, but Ankara is the capital. It's sort of central Turkey, north of the island of uh, Cyprus. So unlike Demas, the reason he left is not mentioned. This leaves open the possibility that he left on better terms than Demas did. Titus's task, we talked about before, was a little bit more administrative. Mostly he was to maintain sound doctrine and straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town. And we see that in Titus chapter 1, verse 5. Titus had left for Dalmatia. Dalmatia was part of Croatia. That is across from northern Italy from the Adriatic uh, Sea. So I'm talking about Titus again. And the reason why I talked about it before, and in his final letters, the Apostle Paul says, these people have left. Bring these people in. Luke has been with me. Okay? The reason for his trip to Dalmatia, again, is unknown, though likely for um, evangelistic purposes. Not all the people who left the Apostle Paul had abandoned him. Alexander, we talked about Alexander, was a teacher in Ephesus. Ephesus is located near the western shores of modern-day Turkey. He had the belief that was contrary to Christian doctrine. What is that? Heresy. We've, we had a lesson on heresy. We talked about the difference between apostasy and heresy. The Apostle Paul says, Alexander, the coppersmith or metal worker, uh, did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. You too be on guard against him, for he has strongly resisted our preaching. From this, it would appear that Alexander had gotten Paul into some serious trouble, and that left Paul with, without allies. So it put him in a very difficult situation. It was more than just a betrayal. It also created a perception that was around the Apostle Paul 
and he was fighting to resolve that because he's writing about this in Second of Timothy near his final days. So then um, in Paul's final words in the epistle, Paul asked Timothy to do his best to arrive before winter. So there was a timing involved. He told Timothy that Eubulus greets him as well as Claudius, Linus, Perdens, and every one of the sisters and brothers. He ends up by saying our Lord will be with Timothy and those who are with him. So that's, that's how it was. So now let me dive into a little bit deeper. Let me give you a little bit more detail. I, w- I wanted to sort of give you sort of the gloss. Okay, we got the gloss. Now let me sort of get in deeper. Okay, here's more detail in a better review. In, in chapter 4, the final chapter of the second of Timothy, it includes two major sections. Now I'm breaking it down for you. The first section develops the importance of preaching the word of God. And that's in second of Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. That's the beginning part. The second section uh, offers concluding thoughts to Timothy. That's in 2nd of Timothy, chapter 4, verse 6 through 22. Do you notice that's a little bit longer? Because as I said before, he's passing the baton. And that's, that's what uh, apostles do. Verses 1 through 5 includes the Apostle Paul giving a charge to Timothy, 2nd of Timothy, chapter 4, verse 1. Paul's reason for using the strong commanding language, commanding language is his own is related to his own impending death. As later verses will show, the Apostle Paul sees that he will not survive the current run-in with Roman law. He already had the problem with Alexander. He's having difficulties already. After all this encouragement and coaching he has offered in this letter, the Apostle Paul wants to leave a clear impression on his friend, Timothy. Timothy was part of family, okay, on his friend, to continue the work that they had done so far. So that's what the Apostle Paul was doing in this letter. He was saying, continue the work that we started together, and you are to continue forward with it. Okay? So Timothy is to preach the word. That's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. In the future, people would not endure the sound teaching, but select teachers who would speak uh, what they want to hear. That's the itching ears. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. Turning from the truth to myths. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4. Timothy, in contrast, is commanded to fulfill his calling. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. And rather than being distracted by the bickering and the errors, Timothy is to hold to the truth. That means not be distracted. As the prior chapter indicates, the anchor point of this truth is the written Word of God. It's not what people write. It's not what people say. It what comes from God. Okay? And that's uh, spoken about earlier in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. So in the later verses, uh, 6 through 18 of chapter 4, the Apostle Paul speaks about his perspective on the end of his life. And we're going to talk more about that. Um, and then his future with Christ and his friends in this world. Okay, many had left Paul with only Luke remaining. Um, and you see that in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Some of the friends had left on good terms in order to continue Christian work. He talked about that. Others like Demos, others like Demos had abandoned the faith completely in order to return to this present world. See, that's what it is, is the Apostle Paul was explaining that although we live in this world, We need to, in a way, leave the world into the spiritual realm so that we can understand the world we really live in. Some people couldn't do that. 
Even those who had stayed with Paul were not able to vouch for him during his trial because of the hostile Roman government. So even though they were with Paul, they really couldn't vouch for him. And that's spoken about in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Despite this, the Apostle Paul felt the help and presence of the Lord. And that's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 17 through 18. That's in that later half. So the Apostle Paul asked for Mark and Timothy to visit him and bring his coat and books and parchments. Uh, that's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. The Apostle Paul warned about Alexander, the coppersmith or the metal worker. Uh, that's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. And while we're not exactly sure of who this Alexander is, he was clearly enough of a threat that the Apostle Paul felt the need to name names. So the Apostle Paul's brief conclusion, including a greetings to friends, information about other people, and another plea for Timothy to come to him to Rome before the winter. Again, there was a time. Others in Rome send their greetings, and a concluding word is given, and the final words left in the New Testament before the Apostle Paul's death. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you, uh, which is in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 22. This spotlight on grace, this spotlight on grace is a fitting conclusion, is a fitting conclusion to both Paul's writings and the life he lived, okay? So that's in a nutshell. So we've talked about sort of a summary of 2 of Timothy chapter 4. Uh, we talked about the difference between 1 and 2 of Timothy. We talked about people and places. We talked about the pastoral epistles. So we, and, and in my discussion so far, what we've done is we've talked a little bit about how the Apostle Paul wrote, how he communicated with his leaders and I spoke about Titus, I spoke about Luke, uh, I spoke about Timothy, of course. Now we're going to talk about the importance of sound doctrine, because that was the main focus, among other things, that the Apostle Paul had. It was a major focus uh, to Timothy, who was located in Ephesus. And what they are, there, there are six things. The first one was faith from the message. You get faith from the message. Number two. The gospel is a sacred trust. It is something that you protect, the gospel. Behavior comes from belief, and I'm going to give a great example of that. So your behavior is based on what you believe. Uh, the fourth one is to know the truth from falsehood. That's why we talked about false teachers. Remember that? Um, and then eternal truth and life. And then finally, encouraging others. That's sort of the evangelistic message. Okay, so number one, sound doctrine is important because our faith is based on a specific message. Change that message and the basis of faith shifts from Christ to something else. Our eternal destiny depends upon hearing the word, the truth, the gospel of your salvation. Not just mine, but your salvation. And you can, um, I, and I read from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Number two, sound doctrine is important because the gospel is a sacred trust, and we dare not tamper with God's communication to the world. Our duty, our duty is to deliver the message, not to change it. Rather than alter the apostles' doctrine, we receive what has been passed down to us and keep it as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. And I just read from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. Number three, 
Sound doctrine is important because what we believe affects what we do. See, behavior is an extension of theology. And there is a direct correlation between what we think and how we act. For example, this was my example. For example, two people stand on top of a bridge. One believes that he can fly, and the other believes that he cannot fly. As I say that, I'm reminded of that time. Remember that story I told you about parachuting? I'm not bringing that up. (laughs) So the next actions between these two people would be quite dissimilar. Okay, they would not be the same. So in the same way, a man who believes that there is no such thing as right and wrong will naturally be different from a man who believes in a well-defined set of moral standards. Number four, sound doctrine is important because we must ascertain the truth in a world of falsehood. That's how we know the difference between right and wrong. The best way to distinguish truth from falsehood is to know what truth is. Read your Bible. Number five, number five. Sound doctrine is important because the end of sound doctrine is life. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and the hearers. And that's in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. And number six, number six. Sound doctrine is important because it encourages believers. A love of God's word brings great peace. And those who proclaim peace and who proclaim salvation are truly beautiful. And I'm reading that from uh, Isaiah 52.7. A pastor must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. And that's in Titus chapter 1, verse 9. Titus, again, part of the pastoral epistles. So that, let me give you a summary of what I talked about. Here's a review. We were talking about the value of sound doctrine. We talked about, number one, the faith from the message. Number two, the gospel is a sacred trust. Number three, behavior comes from belief. Number four, know the truth from falsehood. Number five, eternal truth and life. And number six, encourage others. Now, let's have some thoughts about the Apostle Paul. So why are we doing this? It's as I said before. We, took, we just finished talking about sound doctrine. We talked about the difference between theology and divinity. Then we talked about the pastoral epistles. Then we started talking about uh, 1 of Timothy, 2 of Timothy, and Titus. We talked about the difference between first and second of uh, Timothy, okay? And, so, and as I discussed later, the second of Timothy chapter four, we got a sort of a flavor, sort of a hint, sort of a smell in the air of how the Apostle Paul wrote and how he operated and how he preached the word and how he worked with leaders. And that's what apostles do. They work with leaders. So here are some thoughts about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is often considered to be the most important person in some ways, in some ways after Jesus in the history of Christianity. What do I mean by that? I'm not saying he's number two, but a significant portion of what you're getting in the Bible, in the New Testament, is the Apostle Paul. We learn a lot about, (coughs) pardon me, the Apostle Paul. Let me... uh, Okay, pardon me. Um, 
The Apostle Paul's epistles have had enormous influence on Christian theology, especially on the relationship between God the Father, the Son Jesus, and the human relationship of the divine or spiritual realm. That's the Holy Spirit. But I say the spiritual realm because the spiritual realm is what separates you from the ways of this world. So this is what the Apostle Paul was focused on. He preached the death, the resurrection, and the lordship of Jesus Christ. And he proclaimed that faith in Jesus guarantees eternity. His main theme was, and it's in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. And again, that's in Romans uh, chapter 1, verse 16. The Apostle Paul had the responsibility to teach the message of faith, repentance, and baptism, to bear witness and to, to the divine mission of the Savior of Jesus Christ. It was to outline man's, our relationship, man's relationship to Jesus and to God our Father. We learned how it was all put together. And it was to strengthen by way of testimonies, to define the doctrine, and to reinforce the teachings of the Christian church. That doesn't sound easy, does it? He also instructed the people in their everyday living and gave a warning to the world. And I believe the churches that are called by God have been giving a warning to the world. The Apostle Paul impressively taught the importance of matching our lives after Jesus Christ, always moving towards the direction of perfection. We never reach it, but we're always moving in that direction. The writings of the Apostle Paul can give us answers, direction, and strength. People today can admire the Apostle Paul's courage, honesty, strength of his faith, and deep, deep testimony. This is true character that comes from integrity. We talked about integrity. That's behavior, choice behavior, and also choice words. And why are choice words important? It comes from your heart. It comes from within. The Apostle Paul's ministry was similar to Jesus' ministry in that it was leading by example. So here are some of the lessons we learned from the relationship with the Apostle Paul and Timothy. Number one, we should be selective in who we choose to mentor. Did you hear that, Pastor? He almost fell out of his chair. Someone helped the man. Not everyone qualifies for this close mentoring relationship. We need to look for faithful, able people. And that's in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. You may have heard me talk before. Or you may have heard me talk about it at the Brave Heart. I say, uh, uh, a church that is called by God, they're looking for fat people. And I, I don't mean fat people. F-A-T. They have the faith, they're available, and they're teachable. What do I mean by teachable? They're obedient. They're obedient. Number two, mentoring is a long process. The time between 1st of Timothy and 2nd of Timothy was a long time. Much of Timothy's training and experience took place while he was with the Apostle Paul. It took time. 
the Apostle Paul continually gave Timothy more experience and opportunities to use his talents and abilities. So as, the, as Timothy was learning from the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul was teaching Timothy to mirror your life to Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote letters to encourage and to challenge Timothy in his ministry and personal life. Spend a moment looking at 1st and 2nd of Timothy and notice that the 2nd of Timothy, the second book, is more mature, and it's more mature because it offers greater challenge. And then mentoring, number three, mentoring is a two-way relationship. When it was Paul's time to die, he wrote his final letter to Timothy, which shows how much he loved and respected Timothy. It was, it was family. It was family. Uh, they were more than just co-workers, if I could use that word. They were friends. They were family. They were like father and son. So as I close... The title of today's message here at the Resurrection Center, located at 1060 Worcester Street, with the website uh, resurrectionspringfield.org. You see how I slid that in there? Uh, the message is fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Here's what we have learned today. We've learned eight things today. Number one, we talked about the difference between theology and divinity. Number two, we talked about Bible study, people, places, and messages. Kind of what we do here at the Resurrection Center on uh, Wednesday nights. That's why you heard me talk about some geography, a little description of people's names, what, what's happening with Scripture. Uh, number three, we talked about the Apostle Paul's epistles. Uh, these are the letters, this first of Timothy, second of Timothy, and Titus. Then I gave a short snippet, just a little brief summary of Titus, just so I can give you all the pastoral epistles. And then I put a focus on first and second of Timothy. I needed to tell you about the difference between 1st and 2nd of Timothy because if I'm going to put a focus on 2nd of Timothy, you have to understand what was 1st of Timothy all about. So that's why I did that. Then I spent some time on 2nd of Timothy chapter 4. And number 7, we talked about the importance of sound doctrine because we were talking about the language and the approach that the Apostle Paul was operating. And then we started to see who, for number 8, uh, the reflection of who the Apostle Paul was, okay? So for those that were here um, at the church, I gave a handout, and in the handout, I gave some websites that you'll see at the very top, and I'll share it with those watching now. Uh, the K Radio, K, in the letter like this, The K Radio, and it stands for The Kingdom Radio. And in there, you'll see uh, Bible 101, and in Bible 101, that's a summary, six hours of the entire Bible. And that's something we did last year, and that's available. You can also get our messages um, at resurrectioncenterradio.com. That goes to 29 nations, including here in Springfield, Massachusetts. So I bless you all today. I thank you for coming here on this rainy day. Um, and for those watching, I thank you for joining me. Join us next week because next week we're going to have a very special Thanksgiving presentation, um, and I'm not going to give you any secrets about it. You'll have to come. So I look forward to seeing you. So my name is David Ewan, heading up the Bravehearted Ministry, and this is the Resurrection Center. <laughs>